We'll talk about politics. We'll talk about religion. We'll talk about health. We'll talk about anything, but we still don't talk about money. And, and I think that has done more damage collectively to our ability to retire and live independently on our own terms than almost anything else. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Today, I am with Adam Cox. He is the Chief Wealth Management Officer at First National Bank of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and he is the host of the Common Sense on the Prairie podcast. Adam was actually named one of the American Banking Association's 40 Under 40 in Wealth Management in 2021, Um, and uh, we first met when he was nice enough to invite me on his podcast as a guest. So today, I decided to return the favor and have Adam join me on this show to discuss how to use podcasts to teach people of all ages about money. And so, you know, my thought is with the rise in popularity of podcasts, and that's actually an understatement at this point, people are Mm -hmm. podcast crazy, uh, and the need for greater financial literacy in our country, it just kind of makes sense to me that, that some of the lessons that people are learning about personal finance come in this form. So as a fellow podcaster dedicated to simplifying the sometimes complex topic of money, I thought it just made sense to celebrate Financial Literacy Month with Adam and break money silence on the power of podcasting. So welcome, Adam, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kathleen. I appreciate it. Look forward to the conversation. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, we just recently got to know each other. So this is kind of taking uh, our podcasting uh, hats and our financial education hats and and kind of throwing them in the ring. So I want to start with a very simple question for you. Uh, When you named your podcast Common Sense on the Prairie, it's an interesting title to me. And granted, I live in the Northeast, so it may be obvious to people who live near you. But I'm wondering, Tell me a little bit about how you came up with the name and kind of what the goal of your podcast is. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So the name came out of nowhere, just kind of came to me one morning. Um, Of course, my Catholic mother would say uh, the Holy Spirit did it. Um, (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, it's kind of just a marrying of two things that are are really central to me. One is um, I approach life and I approach personal finance in particular with a common sense approach. I don't try to make it more than it is. I don't try to overcomplicate things. I just try to approach things from a common sense perspective because I think that's what 
what works best. And the other thing is I'm very proud to be from South Dakota. And uh, one uniquely South Dakota thing is Little House on the Prairie. We're very proud of the prairies we have here in South Dakota. And so just bringing them together, kind of voila, and that's how we got the name. The goal of the podcast is 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 interesting. I had, um, most people don't know this, but I had committed to do the podcast. So this, so I came up with the idea. I said, I think I want to do a podcast. And then we paid a producer to produce it. And then I didn't do it for a year. Like I just, I was scared to start. I didn't know where to start. I thought I'm going to be terrible at this. What do I have to say? Why, who's going to listen to this besides my, you know, my family? Like I, you know, I was just kind of stumbling a little bit with, to get some inspiration. Um, but then we just started and my goal really was, I, I just get so, um, I get so frustrated with the typical financial services marketing, um, that's, that's out there and the messages and the, the tactics that marketers use to, to, to get consumers to buy things maybe that aren't in their best interest. And, and that's all you see. That's the only voices you hear. Uh, and so I wanted to provide something different than that. And so that was my goal is just really to be a different voice in the space. And, and then I decided, you know, we started doing it and, and then I started working with a marketing firm and we talked a lot about the podcast and I say, well, you know, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Who's your target audience? And what feeling do you want to have people get when they listen to the show? And, and really my goal is, uh, and I hope this comes through is I love to have coffee with, with really successful people. And that's the tone I want to strike with the show is to like, we're having coffee and I'm bringing on really successful people that have something to say in this space and having kind of an intimate conversation. And so that's, that's really the background and, and, and the goal of, of, of why we decided to do the show. I think it's great. I mean, I think a couple of things in there, Adam, one is, you know, as somebody who's podcasted for a long time and prior to the Breaking Money Silence podcast, I hosted and produced a bank podcast. Uh, certainly am not shy, but podcasting <laughs> is definitely a different skill than standing yeah. on stage in front of people or certainly connecting one-on-one -on -one with folks. So now that you've been podcasting for a while, because you have a great voice, you have a great podcast, what do you think of it? I still get apprehensive about it. And, you know, if I'm, again, being honest, like up until, so I've been doing the show just over two years. And up until even this last summer, I remember talking to my wife, I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is worth it because for me, um, I'm a control freak and I want to do the best I possibly can. And so when I have someone on, I do a lot of research. Like when, when you came on, I found, uh, interviews that you had done and articles and things that you have posted about. And I, I read all this stuff and I go through the questions and I really get into the nitty gritty and then I take it and I want to then put it in a lens of what do I think my listeners would want to hear and learn about? And so for me, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, you know, it's probably yeah. 20, yep. 25 hours a week and I have a regular job and I have a family and, you know, <laughs> community commitments and all this things. So, so it's nights yeah. and weekends for me, but I always joke when people say, what do you like to do outside of work? And what are your hobbies? I'm like, I don't have any, but I do now it's podcasting. And I, <laughs> uh, um, but to be honest with you, I love to learn. I love to read and I love to, to teach and educate. And so it marries all of those things. So for me, I love it. I can't imagine not doing it now. I'm an introvert though. 
And so like, after we do this interview, like I'm going to take an early lunch and I'm going to be a little bit wiped out because it's just, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's not something that comes natural to me, but I also think that's part of the reason why I think the show's resonated is because I think I'm trying to be authentic and, and that tone comes through hopefully. No, it definitely comes through. And what is so interesting is, you know, I think the lesson here for people who want to start a podcast, who want to have a voice, that you just have to start. And over time, you either will get more comfortable or not. And everybody has their process in terms yeah. of preparing. But you are right. It does. Uh, it is a commitment. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And we've both made that commitment. Now, my goal of my podcast, Breaking Money Silence, is to get people talking about money. And your goal is to educate and have a conversation with successful people. And so there's a ton of different podcasts out there. But when we're talking about podcasting in general, I find it's really powerful. Now, you and I aren't running a true crime podcast, which is a shame yeah, because right. <laughs> we would have millions uh, of yes, downloads. Um, yeah. but, but why do you think that podcasts have been so successful in general? And why do you think they are so powerful as an educational tool? You know, that's a really interesting question um, because I'm I'm totally obsessed with podcasts. I can't get enough of them. And for me, uh, Saturdays are my podcast days. So I don't know if you have time that you've dedicated in your life to learning um, and listening to other people's podcasts. But so for me, it's Saturdays. And I think why it is so, I think it's a couple of reasons why it was so popular. Number one, so for me on a Saturday, in, especially in the mornings, I'm just putzing around the house, doing dishes, I'm doing laundry, I'm cleaning the garage, whatever it is, running errands. I've got podcasts on so I can multitask, I can listen, I can learn, I can be entertained. And I don't have to be as present as I would if I was watching maybe a video or if I was reading a book. Like that's just a different commitment level. So I think that's that's one thing, you know, I, I, I often ask people who are listening to my show, like, where do you listen to it? And they like, oh, I always listen to it when I'm going on a walk. I'm like, oh, awesome. That's great. So you can multitask and you do that. But I think the other thing is it's so much more accessible and, and digestible than other ways to learn. So if, you know, using a book example, reading a whole book is a commitment. You've got to have the time, you've got to have space. And for me, like when I start reading, if I'm not reading during the day, if I'm reading at night, I'm asleep. So I get like three pages in and I'm done. Um, <laughs> I do too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for the podcast, it's like, Hey, I'm really interested in this topic and here's just 15 minute interview, or here's 15 minutes of a segment that I can learn about this one thing while I'm commuting to work. And so that's like that commitment level is so much lower and you can get in so many of these other other ways and other avenues to 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 pick and choose when you when you learn. I think that's that's probably a, a large part of it. Yeah, I love that part of it. I mean, I think part of it may be we're a very distracted community, but also to be able to take these bite-sized pieces, you know, in, in terms of I can spend 20 minutes listening to this while I'm, you know, this would be me trying to cook dinner because I'm not a very good <laughs> chef. Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, going for a walk and it's a day where I was like, no, I want to learn something on my walk. I don't want to just have a mindful walk. Yeah. And so I agree. They're powerful. They're bite-sized pieces. And when we talk about personal finance, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, podcasts out there that are kind of like, get rich. Yeah. or selling products, you know, they're really just one big ad, which, you know, everybody can do their podcast the way they want to do it. But one of the things that it says in your write-up is that you talk about, on your podcast, taking complex topics about money 
and making them easier to understand. Hmm. So what that got me to thinking is, first of all, cool, we need that. Um, But second of all, is it that finance is complicated or do you think it's that so many people shy away from it because of that money talk taboo in our society or the idea that they feel like they just don't do it right or have money shame? Great question. It's absolutely the latter. So I believe, you know, if there's any hill I'm going to die on, (laughs) I believe that personal finance is only complex because we've in the industry designed it to be that way. It it creates a barrier of entry and it it creates a way to justify fees. And and I'm not saying people don't, you know, don't deserve to charge for for what they do. We certainly, we certainly do. um, And we provide a value for that. But for so long, our industry has been set up to, to sell things. And one of the ways we do that is by making things appear really sophisticated and complicated, but then providing someone who can weed through that and you know give you that lifeline. And people are like, "Oh, relieved! Thank, thank, thank you." They don't understand it, but they buy it. And I think that's totally wrong. So our firm's approach and my approach has always been keep it simple, because you know you alluded to in your question the bigger part of the story is what happens between our ears. It's the stories we tell ourselves. It's our biases. It's our preconceived notions about about money. And I think in our society today, especially with the advent of social media and how money and um, experiences and consumerism is just so in your face, I think that people, you know, there's always been the idea of keeping up with the Joneses. But the Joneses were limited to the people in your neighborhood generally. You know, you'd see when the neighbor down the street got a new car and you'd have that feeling. Today, it's all over your social media feed. And so you're, you're constantly inundated by it. And I think what we do is we make the assumption when we see people have nice things or go on nice trips or whatever it is, we assume that they must have this money thing figured out. And since we don't feel like we could afford those without going into debt, that we're the ones that don't have it figured out. And so we don't talk about it because we we have shame with that. You and I both know of being in this industry as long as we have, that's not the story, right? The The story is the vast majority of people do not have this money thing figured out, or maybe they're living beyond their means or you know they're, they're in debt or they're getting family support or whatever it is. We have no idea what's going on behind the curtain, but we make these assumptions. And the problem is we don't talk about it. We don't feel like we can. We'll talk about anything else anymore. We'll talk about politics. We'll talk about religion. We'll talk about health. We'll talk about anything. But we still don't talk about money. And, and I think that has done more damage collectively to our ability to retire and live independently on our own terms than almost anything else. And so I, I just, my goal with the show and that's one of the reasons why I'm starting to have couples on as well is because I want people to be able to see themselves in other people's stories and say, you know, it's okay to have these conversations and we have the same issue and we should talk about that. And, and hopefully that's, that's working because if we don't do that as a society, the problem with money and financial independence is just going to continue to be a bigger and bigger issue and, and it shouldn't be. 
Yeah, you know, one of the stats out there that's actually a little bit uplifting in this area is that 71% of millennials think that our society would be healthier if we talked more about personal finance. And there's some other yeah. stuff that's come out since uh, the pandemic in terms of women talking about money with their partners and with their kids more often. But it is something that I think uh, we need to kind of continue to tell people that it's okay to not have it figured out. I believe nobody has it fully figured out. By the time no. you figure it out, then some new financial dilemma uh, comes your way. It's just kind of part of the journey. So in a minute, we're going to talk about financial literacy and Financial Literacy Month and how podcasts can be something that people can do to celebrate financial literacy and learn more about personal finance. But we need to take a quick break. So I am here with Adam Cox. He is Chief Wealth Management Officer at the First National Bank of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, it's Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Breaking Money Silence podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to just tell you about a service that I provide that may be of interest to you or your family or one of your clients. It's individual money mindset coaching. What does that mean? That means I work with individuals to help them identify their automatic thoughts and beliefs about money and help them feel more comfortable and confident when it comes to finances. It is a short-term program that can really take you from being uncomfortable or a little fearful around money to being really confident. So if you're interested in finding out more, feel free to email me at kbk at breakingmoneysilence.com. And let's set up a quick phone call and see if Money Mindset Coaching is for you. I'm having a great conversation today with Adam Cox. We are celebrating Financial Literacy Month, which is all April long. And we are talking about the power of podcasting to educate. And so we were just talking about some of the causes why people may not feel comfortable talking about money or believe that finance is too complex. I want to shift gears a little bit and kind of get into more of the problem solving or what people can do to offer some solutions. So when I think about financial literacy, you know, and I think a lot of us, what pops into our mind is a classroom, you know, kids sitting at their desk, the teacher in the front of the room lecturing. And that model, while it can work, it doesn't work as well as it should. And when you look at the number of schools in the United States that require financial literacy as a standalone course, it's dismally small. And so it got me to thinking, Adam, the idea of how can we use podcasts as part of the education, as part of this financial literacy movement? And I noticed that your target audience wasn't that, wasn't just, you know, parents or wasn't just retirees. It really spanned from young professionals all the way up to people who are retired. So I'm curious, how do you think either your podcast or podcasting in general can help educate people in this country about personal finance and maybe be part of the solution in terms of ending this financial literacy crisis? Yeah, I think podcasts can play a, a huge role in that. I agree. It's, in my mind, a travesty that we don't teach personal finance as required learning in schools because personal finance is one of the most universal topics there are. Um, you can say what you want about specializing in um, in any certain classes or uh, as you go through school, and but everyone has to deal with money, whether it's in their job or whether it's to pay their own bills or whatever it is. But we don't equip kids and young adults to do that. 
So then it comes back on parents. And as parents, sometimes we feel like, well, I don't have it figured out. How am I supposed to teach my kids? Because I've made all these mistakes. And do I want to admit those mistakes that I've made to my kids? And how do you even, where do you start? And so there's just this huge gap there. So really then you're starting to target, as I do, adults. Now, my podcast would be a heck of a lot simpler if it was about, you know, quilting in your 70s. Like that's a <laughs> that's that's a niche, right? That's that's you know your target and the whole thing. And so that's one thing I've struggled with a little bit with my show is, you know, sometimes I'll I'll do a topic that maybe someone in their 20s and 30s would be really interested in, but someone in their 60s maybe aren't so interested in and vice versa. But what I found is I think that people are interested in learning, even if it's not applicable to their their everyday circumstance right now. So I had plenty of 20 and 30 year olds listen to a recent episode we did about reimagining retirement with Roger Whitney, which was a great episode. I thought when we released that episode, I'm like, I don't think the download numbers are going to be very high because there's only a small segment of people who are really thinking about retirement, but they were very high. So, and, and it's happened on, on the, the inverse as well. And so I think that's part of the reason why my, my audience is as broad as it, as it is. So even if it doesn't hit home for you right now, people are still coming for the knowledge. So that's good. And the other thing is, I think that's great about podcasts is you can find voices and personalities and people that you trust and and go there for your information. So you can really dig in as much as you want to on this topic in, again, a way that is comfortable for you on your own time, and and you can go as deep as you want in these topics. So podcasts, you know, I could do an episode like I did with you talking about breaking money silence, or I could do one about Roth conversions. You know, you can do all, all these different types of episodes and people are going to find value in them. And, and some people, sometimes people are going to skip an episode and that's fine too. So I view podcasts a little bit like a, just a virtual classroom. It's a way to, to teach. It's a way to educate and provide resources and introduce people to new topics and new content producers. And they can go with it from, from there. It's kind of a choose your own path. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, what I'm thinking about is there's so many different voices out there that you can really pick uh, the voice that resonates with you or bop around and get different perspective, which is what I like to do. And it's interesting when you mention uh, as a fellow podcaster, you know, an episode that you think is going to be really big or not really big. And it's really hard to predict uh, the yes. listening audience for anybody out there with a podcast or you're listening. It's like, it's, it's yeah. really an art, not an exact science. So in addition to podcasts, which is, you know, kind of a learn as you go, you know, way in which you can learn more about personal finance as somebody who's in banking and working with clients on a regular basis um, and a parent, what can listeners do maybe one or two additional things other than listening to podcasts that's going to help them become more financially literate? So that's a really tough question to answer because, you know, I was just having this conversation with my, with one of my brothers. He said, Hey, I'd like to learn more about investing in finance and I don't really know where to start. I've been listening to your show, but is there something else I could be reading and should be reading? And I had to think really hard. I'm like, Jeez, that's a really good question. And so your question is really timely. So I, you know, what I said is start with one, one voice, one person that you know, one person that you trust, 
and just start learning from there. So for me, when I was when I was growing up, my first introduction to personal finance was when I read The Millionaire Next Door. And then you kind of get into that ecosystem and you search more about that. You find different people who talk about related topics and you, you kind of just kind of builds from there and you find the things that you really like. So if I were, if I were giving this advice, um, I would say, it, and this is the, the hard part because it really depends on what kind of advisor you work with, but a good place should be to start with your financial advisor. So I'll use my firm as an example. So we're a fiduciary. Um, so we're not, you know, selling products. We're not pushing any um, any high sophisticated investment solutions. We're 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 not. Um, we don't have an agenda that way. So what we do is we have, obviously have our show, so people can can come, they can learn in that show, the whole thing. But then we also send out. Um, if you're not in a podcast or whatever, you don't like my face and want to see me on video, that's fine. I totally get it. <laughs> so then on a quarterly basis, we send out a communication to our clients that say, you know, here are three articles outside of things that we've produced that we found really, really interesting. And here's a chart that we found really interesting this quarter and, and pass those along, or here's some outside videos. And so introducing them to other resources and providing those. Um, and then we've also, you know, we've done point in time writing. So, you know, when crypto was getting big, we, we wrote about that or at the beginning of the pandemic, we started, you know, writing. And then we've also even sent out books to, to our clients. And so your financial advisor can be a really good place to start and they may even be creating content like we are. And so that, you know, you already trust them, you know them, ask them what they recommend, what they read. And that, and that should, that should get you started down the path. I think that's great. And if your advisor isn't going to help you in that way, it may be, and this is just my opinion, uh, time to start to look for someone who really understands that that might be important to you. Uh, the other thing I just want to follow up in on is the idea that starting where you're interested, you kind of said that, like there's so much out there, people can get overwhelmed. And anytime we want to change a behavior, or we want to learn something, I'm of the belief of what interests you most about personal finance? Uh, is it the psychology? Is it the actual dollars and cents? Is it real estate? Is it crypto? Whatever it is, just start there because it's better to start somewhere than to not start at all in terms of breaking money silence, learning more about it and learning how to talk about it. So, you know, it has been such a pleasure, Adam, to get to know you a little bit better, to learn a little bit more about your philosophy and how you're thinking about your podcast and the great education that you're doing. I'm wondering if you can let our listeners know a little bit more about where they can find out how to listen to your podcast and to connect with you. Yeah, that's, um, thank you. Uh, probably the easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. So just find me on LinkedIn, connect with me. You'll see uh, when we do a new podcast episode, we'll we'll release them, we'll release them there. When I, I write something, we'll put it there. Um, and that will kind of from LinkedIn, you can go see my bio on, on the bank's website. You can connect and learn more about, uh, about me, about my firm, probably the easiest way. And then um, there's also links to the podcast on my LinkedIn profile as well. Great. We will put all those links in the show notes. And Adam, it has been so fun to break money silence with you today. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you. Appreciate you having me as a guest. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury 
a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.